Welcome to the Dr. Francis Miles podcast. Dr. Miles will share prophetic words, insights, and revelation about some of the toughest topics in the Bible. Dr. Miles also has a healing ministry, birthed out of his own powerful encounter with Jesus Christ, and has seen many set free through his crusades and meetings. Tune into today's episode and be blessed by a fresh take from this anointed minister of the gospel. So, in our last broadcast, I began to just to give you a synopsis of what it means to operate in the court of heaven. I began to show you that, uh, I began to show you that just like every government on earth as a judiciary, a department of justice, God's kingdom, which is the highest government in the universe, has a very robust and dynamic judicial system with God seated at the top of the pyramid as the righteous judge of all the earth. But within the court of heaven, God raises men and women that can also walk as judges or officers of the court of heaven. And we'll get into all of that the deeper we go during this year as we, as we dive into this revelation, as we digest piece by piece this unfolding revelation on how you and I can access the court of heaven for breakthrough in our life, in our ministry, in our businesses. Praise God. Today, I want to be looking at... Uh, uh, I'm going to be focusing on the court of heaven as a way of praying. The court of heaven as a way of praying. Because really, the operating in the court of heaven is really a, is really a way of praying. It's, a, it's another dimension to the realm of prayer. Jesus places the court of heaven within the realm of prayer. That's why I want to be able to dissect it for this program from that dimension. Now, we know that when Jesus was on the earth, he was a man of prayer. It's very clear from the bright of the book of Hebrews chapter five that while he was on earth, he prayed with loud cries and tears. He prayed to him who was able to save him from death. So Jesus was a man of prayer. The gospel, don't hide the fact that the Lord was a man of prayer. And Yet the difference between his praying and our praying is his praying was very, very effective. And I believe the prayers of Jesus were very effective because he knew what realm to access for what he was looking for. Different needs required a different approach. So I want to show you today how Jesus frames the court of heaven as another realm of approach to prayer. But before I do, I just want to quickly and briefly introduce you to the other two realms of prayer that Jesus talked about. Talked about. My dear friend Robert Anderson actually wrote a very nice book about this that you can get, Father, Friend, and Judge, that can actually deal with these dimensions as well in much more details. But I'll give you a little bit of a highlight here. It's in the book of Luke, chapter 11, chapter 11 the disciples come to Jesus and they actually said to Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray as John taught his disciples. What I like about the approach of the disciples is they came to Jesus asking them to teach them how to pray. 
Now, what I like that is because it, it, Jesus never re, rebuked them for asking them to teach them how to pray, meaning that Jesus accepted their understanding that prayer can be taught. This is really the good news, that prayer can be taught. doesn't matter what, where you are now. Prayer can be taught. That's why I'm excited because today I get the opportunity to teach you this different kind of praying that which is, which is actually praying through the court of heaven, praying through the court of heaven. So I'm excited about that. But Jesus is asked by a disciple, teach us how to pray. And when Jesus begins to teach them how to pray, he places prayer in three dimensions. The first dimension is, he says, when you pray, pray this way, our Father who art in heaven, allowed be thy name, thy kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. So in the first realm of prayer, Jesus teaches us how to approach God as Father. This is the essence of this realm of prayer. It is approaching God as Father. Notice when you approach God as Father, you know, that approach first and foremost insinuates that you are already in a bona fide relationship with Him. Remember, God is God to everybody. He's the creator of everything, including the table. He's the creator of everything, including the raw materials that was used to create this table. But the most important thing is this, that even though God is the creator of everything, of every human, not every human can legally, uh, authentically call him father. Because father, uh, uh, father insinuates a relationship of sonship, that you are connected to him as a son or a daughter. So he said, when you pray, pray this way, our father who art in heaven, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. So we find that in this realm of approaching God as Father, this is where you find the kingdom. So the whole kingdom, the, the arrival, the, the command, the command that the kingdom come. You know, it's not even a request, it's a command. Kingdom come, that kingdom come. That whole entire realm where we can bring the kingdom down is a realm of prayer where we get to approach God as Father. That's why it's important for us to know Him as our Father. But that's not what I want to focus on for this particular program. But I want to mention it. Then the second realm of prayer Jesus talks about is actually found in the, in the verse just in verse 5 after that of Luke 11, where Jesus begins to talk about a friend that went to see another friend at midnight. We went to see a friend at midnight and told him, friend, I knocked, began to knock on his door and said, friend, another friend has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to offer him. I've come to you so you can help me. So in this dimension of prayer, Jesus changes uh, 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 the currency per se of this realm of prayer because it puts it in the friendship realm. The first realm of prayer is we approach God as Father. That's why we go to God to ask God for our personal needs. Because when we go to God as our Father, Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. So our daily bread is about our provision, the things we want for us. You know, that is very personal to us. So that's the realm of, of Father. But this other realm, Jesus says, 
we approach God as friend, okay? We approach him as friend. I notice that in that verse uh, from, uh, if, you, if you read Luke 11, verse uh, 5 to 8, it talks about this entire realm of friendship. So it does, the word father is not used anymore. It's the word friend. And, and what is interesting that this story Jesus tells about, again, he's answering the question of the disciples, teaches how to pray. So this is about prayer. What we find in the story is three friends, okay? There is a friend who comes to a friend who goes to a friend. So three friends are in the story according to Jesus. There is a friend who's on his journey. He, 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 he lacks the resources to finish that journey. So he goes to another friend and asks him for help. But that friend realizes the resources he needs to get to where he's going, that friend doesn't have, but he knows a powerful friend who can help this other friend. So this is a realm of intercession. Because in intercession, we leverage our friendship with God on behalf of people usually who don't know God. Like, like for my father to be born again, I spent one year of prayer and fasting, in and out of prayer and fasting. Every weekend I would go in the mountains to pray and fast in Africa until, uh, until my father got miraculously and supernaturally born again. I leveraged my friendship with God for my father to get born again. But also, they don't have to be, you can, but also you can pray for another believer. But even when you're praying for another Christian, even though they know God, you are leveraging your friendship with God in order for God to deliver them. Notice in intercession, there's always somebody else that you are going to God for. When you go to God for your needs, that's, that's not intercession. Please do not mix that for intercession. When you go to God and say, God, I need a car, that's not intercession. That is you approaching God as father. And as your father, it is, his, it is your right as your son or daughter to say, God, pay my mortgage. God, pay off my car. God, I need, a, I need a tuition money. That's, but that's not intercession. That is approaching God as father. Intercession involves you asking God to do a miracle for somebody else that is not you. That is intercession by definition. That is intercession. You are leveraging your friendship with God for somebody else to be delivered. That's the realm of intercession. And Africa is very good at it. Africa has one of the most developed ministry of intercession I've ever seen. I've traveled different continents, different nations. But I'm telling you, the prayer warriors of the body of Christ are still in Africa and Asia. Tremendous prayers, prayer mantle is on Africa and, and the continent of Asia in terms of prayer. And yet, a lot of Africans are struggling in many, many areas with all this a massive amount of prayer. What is going on? Well, that's because the reason why the intercession of real prayer warriors in your life has not been answered is not because God did not hear them. It is because while God heard them, there was, there was yet a legal right in the court of heaven that Satan was holding on to. And God as judge cannot ignore anything that has the force of law behind it. So God in his, in, in his, in his, in his essence as a God of justice 
must allow that situation to be resolved leg legally. God won't do something illegal just to help his child. But thank God through Jesus, the, the, the foundation for every legal right Satan has against us has been laid for those foundations of Satan to be destroyed. The foundation for our release from the power of Satan has already been laid down. That's why I'm excited about this teaching on operating in the courts of heaven. That's why you don't want to miss this teaching. They are so interconnected. I'm asking that you DVR each one of them so you can go back to it. Praise God. But if you miss any of our broadcasts, you can catch them on our website at francismouse.com. We are going to be posting the old episodes that we broadcast on Faith TV on my website. They stay over there. You can access them as well. Praise God. Now listen, I don't want you to go anywhere because it's just getting hot. I'm about to go deeper into uh, uh, prayer through the court of heaven. It's going to be amazing. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Praise God. The Battle of Altars, Spiritual Technology for Divine Encounters is another blockbuster book from Dr. Francis Miles. It contains power-packed revelation and prayers of activation that will unravel the ancient mystery behind the biblical subject of altars and how they affect us on a daily basis. You will learn why all spiritual warfare in the Bible, your life, or country comes down to the battle between righteous and evil altars. You will learn how to identify evil altars that are operating in your soul or generational bloodline and how to destroy them. You will learn how to overthrow the evil altars of your father's house, how to take those evil altars in the course of heaven, and how to successfully prosecute them in the name of Jesus. For more information on this book, go to www.francismiles.com. To purchase this book, go to www.francismiles.com. Since I hope you are as excited as I am teaching this, because I know thousands and millions of people around the world are going to be delivered as you learn the, the, the reality, the truth of the scripture, that you as a child of God, you have legal rights because of the finished work of Jesus to come into the court of heaven and challenge every accusation of Satan against you that's holding you back. Now let's look at prayer in the context of operating in the court of heaven. Remember, I didn't put it there. Jesus put prayer within a judicial framework. Look at how he does it in Luke chapter 18. He says this, Then he spoke a parable to them that men ought always to pray and not lose heart, saying there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God, nor regard men. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me, from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by a continual coming she wears me out. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said, and shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, 
will he really find faith on the earth? Wow. When Jesus introduces praying from the court of heaven perspective, what I notice is very interesting is that when he begins to talk about prayer from the court of heaven, he adds an emotional, um, he adds a, an emotional index to it when he says it, that men ought always to pray and not lose heart or give up. That means whatever you are taking into the court of heaven is usually something that has almost put you to tears. It's something that has been there. You've prayed, you fasted. It would look like the implication of do not lose that mean that the court of heaven is the place you take things that haven't moved. That means there's a lot of prayers God probably has already answered in your life. Okay, but there's this something in your life that you've been praying, you've been crying to God, and yet it hasn't moved. I believe, I strongly believe, I strongly believe it is because Satan had a legal right. And so Jesus is telling you, those things that have caused you to want to lose heart, there's a place where you can take them instead of losing heart. But remember, it's still within the realm of prayer because Jesus says men ought always to pray. And then he goes right into a judicial framework. He says there was in a certain city a judge. You don't see a judge and you see a pastor. You don't see judge and you see an apostle. Nobody thinks, sees judge and sees the president of a country. I can tell you when I say, if, if your eyes are closed, and, I, t and we, I played a game with you and I said, I'm going to play a game of word to imagery. I give you a word, see what, tell us what image comes in your head. If I say judge, that'll be an easy one. If I say judge, you are going to almost tell, you're going to tell me from whatever country you come from, you're going to tell me that the mouse, I see a man, a woman in black robes sitting on a bench, you know, on a high bench and looking down on everybody who is in the courtroom. That's a judge. That'll be an easy uh, uh, visual for you to create. So Jesus knows we can make the connections. There was in a certain city a judge uh, who did not fear God nor regard man. He did not fear God nor regard man. Very interesting that Jesus chooses a judge who did not fear God nor regard man to teach us the power of approaching God judicially over mountains, situations in our life that have not moved to fasting, to prayer, to intercession, to crying to God, hasn't moved. He's telling us how to approach God judicially from that dimension. Says, now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him, the judge, saying, get justice for me, for my adversary. What is interesting, she went to the judge. You see, in the operating in the court of heaven as a way of praying, you don't even deal with the devil directly. Notice that the woman never dealt with the adversary directly. She dealt directly with the judge. It is no wonder the devil is afraid of this realm of praying because literally you can go before God and uh, before God and begin to, uh, uh, begin to get things turned around in your life the devil has been doing 
just by addressing the judge. This woman goes, goes before the judge and says, I, says, get justice for me from my adversary. The word their adversary is an interesting word. It comes from the Greek word antidikos, where we get the word anti-corruption, anti-this. Antidikos, antidikos. Dikos is D-I-K-O-S in the Greek. Antidikos and dikos means rights. Rights, legal rights. Okay? So an antidikos is somebody who postures themselves against what's rightfully yours. It's rightfully yours to be healed. Jesus died for you to be healed. And yet some of you right now, there's a disease or an infirmity that's been in your body for years that must now come out. It is your right to prosperity, but how many of you are suffering poverty? It is your right to have a say, to have a sound mind, and yet many of you, you are under constant assault in your mind. It is your right, your covenantal right to peace, and many of you, you have no peace. Well, it's because there is an adversary, an anti-decos. But this woman knew where to go. The goodness about this woman, she knew where to go. The problem with most Christians, they just keep more, more binding. They just think the more I fight, the more I fight, it's going gonna, it's gonna to break. Well, some things will break, but not if Satan has the legal right against you. You have to take that issue into its proper domain, the court of heaven. Because Satan went to the court to get a judgment against you to hold back your breakthrough. So you must go to where he went in the court of heaven to have that issue dissolved. Now remember, we're not talking about being born again, not God. If you are born again right now, when you go, when you die, and you you might not, you, you might not have an e, a, a prayer answered. But if you die right now, you go to heaven. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about going to the court of heaven over issues of destiny here on earth. Because what God promised you is not happening. That's why you need to know how to go to, to the court of heaven. The Bible says, and this judge would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I do not fear God and I regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by a continual coming she wears me out. This corrupt judge finally gives in because he's tired of this woman being so determined. He gives her a verdict of release from her adversary. Can you imagine the moral of the story that if a judge, if a reluctant, corrupt judge could, could set a woman free from her adversary, how much your willing, active, loving Heavenly Father who sent Jesus to die for you on the cross, if you come to him as judge and cry to him to deliver you for the sake of the destiny he gave you, how much more shall he not deliver you from whatever the enemy has been using against you? That is the point of this revelation. That's the power of operating, my friends, in the court of heaven as a way, as a methodology of praying. Praise God. So I want just to come before the Lord right now and say, Father, I come into the court of heaven, and I'm asking that every legal right Satan has found in my life be exposed to me, and be dissolved as I repent of it by the blood of Jesus. But I'm asking you, Lord, to give me justice against my adversary. Praise God. I believe that even, even that short prayer you prayed, God is releasing miracles, signs, and wonders. On my YouTube channel, I, Francis Miles International, 
I actually have some powerful prayers where I take you into the court of heaven over different things. So if you want some of my prayers on the court of heaven, just visit my YouTube channel, subscribe to it, Francis Miles International, and you can have access to a lot of court of heaven prayers in real time that can be a blessing to you and your life. Praise God. Listen, I am not, I may be out of time, but I'm not out of revelation. Listen, I want you to deviate at this show because I don't want you to miss anything. I'm looking forward to seeing you on our next broadcast. Shalom, shalom. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can stay up to date with what we're doing at francismiles.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. Thanks for spending your time with us. May God bless you today and always.